Are you taking a reactive or proactive approach to your taxes? Do you wait until the year is over and hope for the best when tax time comes around? Is your business taking accurate tax deductions and receiving all the tax credits you deserve? Welcome to the Tax Answers Advisor with Marcelino Dodge. Today, we will answer these questions and many more. So sharpen your pencil and take some notes. Now, here is your host, Marcelino Dodge. I hope you're having just a simply marvelous day today as the Tax Answers Advisor with Marcelino Dodge is now on your dial up to show number 51. And we're just cruising along as we really appreciate having a wonderful listening audience throughout the world. Of course, U.S., throughout Europe and Canada and Asia. It's just wonderful to be able to talk to so many people of so many different cultures and just letting them know about U.S. taxes and some things that they need to know about that's important if you're dealing with information and dealing with uh, the U.S. tax system, which is complicated with hundreds of thousands of pages of code out there. But yet, we still do our best to try to help you to know what you need to pay as little tax as possible. And you can, of course, listen to this on multiple platforms later on through iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. So important to be able to get this information, and I'm so happy it's available to you continuously at your leisure. We also as we're doing today, broadcasting live on the Cash Tracks Financial Facebook page. So if you're listening through that medium, I certainly appreciate that. And this video that is being recorded as well is going to be posted to the Cash Tracks Financial YouTube page. And if you haven't visited uh, that page yet on YouTube, please uh, visit the Cash Tracks Financial page, subscribe, and just check out all of our videos there with the guests we've had here on the Tax Answers Advisor. Much information out there and available for you, and certainly we appreciate all of our listeners. And we certainly invite all who are really looking to get ahead on their taxes, which if there's a way you can, we will certainly work to find it for you because we're always open for a mutual exploration session because part of my goal as an enrolled agent is to help listeners and help those around the country who really want to save on their taxes, really want to plan ahead and not just hope for the best at the end of the year, but really take advantage of what is out there as well as try to stay ahead. We know there's a lot of crazy ideas going through right now. There's possibilities. There's going to be changes, especially for 2022, but we just don't know yet. And once again, we don't talk about the future. We talk about the here and now when this is recorded. And sir, certainly we always adjust throughout the year with our year-round services and work for you, whether you're individually or as a business, to once again, to pay as little tax as possible. So you reach us through success at cashtracksfinancial.com. Also, our phone number 844-394-4287. And you can also visit our newly designed, beautiful website, which is cashtracksfinancial.com. And once again, you schedule an appointment right there for a mutual exploration session. And as we talked about, today is going to be rentals. Yes, to rent or not to rent out my home or a room. Are there tax benefits? Are there tax risks? Well, that's all we're going to touch on today is about rentals, in particular, rental real estate, because a lot of people kind of jump into this and say, oh, it's a good idea to rent a home, or maybe I want to start using uh, like the Airbnb, start renting a room. But yet, as with so many things involving uh, money in so many areas, when you're looking to do something, you need to talk to a tax professional to really know what are the tax ramifications? How is this going to affect my taxes? Is this going to have an effect on my taxes? All of these are questions uh, that you need to know. What expenses can I take? And how are those calculated? And so it's best to have a good tax professional like, uh, like me, Marcelino Dodge, on your side so you can call, answer questions. Basically, you can have me on speed dial when you enroll into one of our annual plans where you're con- where we're constantly available, just pick up the phone and call or set up a video meeting. Because when you look at renting out a home or a room, there's uh, a lot of tax consequences. See, there's, and there's other areas that you need to consider too. There's legal, 
And other personal considerations that you need to keep in mind as well. Uh, of course, we don't give legal advice. We only work on the tax side. But usually what we say is, you know, you should talk to your insurance company or you should talk to uh, perhaps your attorney about this just to make sure you're covered in all those bases. But once again, we're going to just focus on the tax and financial side. So what kind of rental property should I have? Once again, as I mentioned, you can rent out an entire home or maybe a duplex if you own a duplex, or you can rent out just a room in your home if you're using one of the uh, 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 app services like Airbnb. And then the next question is, is it going to be a short-term rental or is it going to be a long-term rental? What is the difference there with those? And certainly we need to discuss all of these considerations. And this is actually gets into very complex subject when you really look at rentals. But for the purposes of what I'm going to discuss today is just to kind of give you out some good general information uh, so that can help you get started. But yeah, once again, Always recommending that you talk to a tax professional to get all of the details because there's a lot of different rules that fall into place, especially if you have like a mixed use property, uh, like vacation homes that you may rent out for a little while, or once again, coming back to the room in your house. There's other considerations and calculations in determining what an expense is so that once again, you can do it right and not have any problems with the IRS now. And I really stress this because IRS enforcement is really going to be picking up. And later on, in a few weeks, I'm going to have another program about IRS enforcement and what the status of that is and why it's so important that we take care of these things now by being proactive. And so let's see, what are the differences between a long-term and short-term rental? As I mentioned just a few moments ago, we're focusing on rental real estate with this program today. There's other personal property that you can rent out, such as trucks, tools, equipment. That's separate. That's like your rental store down the road. That's generally reported as a sole proprietorship. And when you rent out that kind of uh, equipment, basically is what it is, personal property, uh, you're looking at more uh, always subject to self-employment tax. You're like in the business of renting. So let's take a look at a rental of a home which is usually a single family residence that you have the entire home you're in out. In fact, I happen to have a home that is, that is a rental home that I live next to uh, where I live. So, And usually this is the type of home where you have 30 days or more where a person goes and rent, they pay you the monthly rent and they stay there 30, at least 30 days the majority of the time. And some people even stay for years in a rental home which is really good for the rent if you're the one renting it because you got that consistent stream of income coming in. And you usually do not include maid service or cleaning services. You provide maintenance of the home, certain maintenance items, but you don't go in and clean the home for them. So that's a long-term rental. And when one rents a home out like that, it's not subject to self-employment tax, which is a key here because usually you're looking to make a little bit of money or maybe even have a loss because a lot of people do have losses on rental homes. And there's other rules that come in there called passive activity loss rules that you may have to deal with, but it varies from case to case. And once again, it can be very complicated, but we're not necessarily going to discuss those during this program today, but we're just going to key in on just a few key areas. So that's mainly the rental home looking at a long-term, wow, that's a long-term. Now you're coming into short-term rentals well, what's that? That's usually what that comes in. That's a rental period of seven days or less where you rent it. Basically, someone comes in and rents a room for two or three nights and then leaves, or it's less than 30 days when there's substantial services included. Now, some of these substantial services includes like, like maid service if you're renting out for, for that period. So, we're looking at short-term rentals. Now, when you do a short-term rental, that falls in a different category. And why is that? Because a short-term rental is more like being in the business of renting when you have a short-term rental, like renting a room or even a home that's on a short-term basis. And those end up could be subject to self-employment tax. And thus, you have to file actually as a sole proprietor in those cases, not as a renter. And so that's the big difference in renting. Am I going to be long-term or am I going to be a short-term renter? 
really depends. And it's always good to have these considerations in line. And many people that are going into and using areas such as like the Airbnb apps and similar ones, what they're doing is they're doing short-term rentals. They're in the business of renting. We're going to discuss that more a little bit later. But to start off with, we're going to take a look at long-term renting. And with long-term renting, you're mainly going to be looking at a single family home or some type of duplex, which usually when I've done work on this, that's usually the majority of what I have. When I've worked with individuals, it's usually been some type of single family home, maybe one or maybe several. And I've had a few people that have had like a duplex and have two residences next to each other. And I've had some people that even have, have had like a fourplex, which all of those fall under a long-term rental, which is where you are renting them out for at least 30 days, not providing maid services. Now, oftentimes also in between, you also go in and clean, clean them up and maybe do some little repairs between renters, which that is considered that is not considered substantial services, by the way. Now, here's an interesting fact here is that a long-term rental, even if you're an individual, you can own rentals as a single member LLC because it has its own tax ID number, but you want to make sure you file that correctly as a single member LLC. And actually, just as a tax tip here, if you're going to do rental properties, could be a good idea to have a single member LLC just for legal reasons. So once again, consult an attorney on that, but that is a thought because it doesn't affect how you're filing the tax, but could be good for liability protection. Once again, talk to an attorney about that. Also, as a long-term renter, when you're renting out the property, you're usually, and the vast majority of people are cash basis taxpayers, which what that means is that you're going to claim the income in the year you receive the income, which makes sense. You receive the income that year, so you claim the income that year. Well, an area that if you're doing long-term rentals where you want to be very careful is with security deposits. Uh, some people will get like the first month's rent, last month's rent, and a security deposit. So say you get a $1,000 security deposit. Well, that security deposit is not income because it's, it's a security for potential damages that may, be, may happen on the property. So what you want to do is make sure you uh, take that security deposit because you, you may be returning that at a later date. And actually what I recommend is done is that you like have a separate account where you just put your security deposits into and just leave it alone. And you don't, but you don't consider it income. It's not income. It's just a deposit there. Basically, it's like in trust or like an escrow. And so make sure that you don't count your security deposits as income. Now, unless for some reason you need to keep that security deposit to perhaps cover damages or or maybe to cover some rent that wasn't paid, then that deposit can be considered income. Then you would move that money from like this little escrow account over to your like regular checking account that you're using for rental properties. And speaking of checking accounts, just like anything when you're conducting business, I would recommend that if you're going to do a rental home, that you have a separate account that you use just for that rental home. And that's going to come back into record keeping purposes, which I'm going to talk about in just a little bit. Another area that I see often happen when it comes to long-term rentals is that a tenant sometimes will ask their landlord, well, if I do this type of repair or, or do this, can we take a deduction from the rent for a certain amount? Well, that does happen. Now, what I always recommend, everything I always recommend is that whether you're the tenant or you're the landlord, get it in writing. That is absolutely essential. And that's very important. Now, if you do that, if you as the landlord are renting it out and you say, okay, yeah, we can work out this arrangement. The way it is according to the tax rules is that you as the landlord will claim, still claim the rent, even though it wasn't directly paid, you would still claim the rent because you got services in exchange for that rent. So you should still claim that rent. However, you can then turn around and claim that amount in an expense, like repair expense. I mean, that's really how it is supposed to be done. Uh, and once again, to protect yourself, 
if you're going to do that type of arrangement, especially as a landlord, more so I would say, is get it in writing. Have an agree. Have uh, your tenant put down, okay, get with your tenant and say, okay, yeah, we're going to do this. I'm going to take like $500 off the rent this month, but you're going to do $500 or whatever here and to do this, to, to do some painting or to maybe repair the sink or whatever. I would get that in writing and I'd recommend that be in writing. And then you take that and you keep that as part of your records with the rental and to go with your tax records. That way, once again, you have protected yourself as a landlord. So that in the event of that IRS audit, who knows, but if you got the documentation, you will be protected and that'll certainly help you down the road should the IRS come in and say, oh, wait a minute, we want to look at that a little closer. Got it. We got it right here. Look at this. We got this document here. Tenant signed it. We traded. I claimed it here on my income and then I claimed it over here as an expense. So that's how you need to take care of that. Another area that I run into a lot when it comes to rental homes, especially these long-term rentals, is that there are some individuals who will rent out homes and they rent them out to people who are on various government programs or they get subsidized housing from the federal, from usually the state governments. Uh, Now, you need to make sure to claim because all of the income that comes from those individuals, not just what comes in on the 1099, because too many landlords will say, well, just all my income's on the 1099. Well, yeah, that's great. Now, maybe the program paid all the rent, that's fine. But some of these cases, you have some of these individuals who are paying perhaps maybe 50 bucks a month or maybe $100 in addition to whatever the government pays the landlord. And so whatever those amounts are, you need to make sure your claim, and once again, report cash payments because it's a, it's a myth that cash payments are not reportable. No, cash payments are reportable. You just need to keep the records so that you can uh, make sure and report what you should be reporting. And these are areas that I always ask for when talking to individuals. Do you have the payments? How much did were you paid in rent? Is this... Uh, especially if I have a 1099 that comes in uh, from a government agency for rents, I always ask, okay, do you have other records of other rent payments that you received? Let's see those records. Because usually a lot of those people will pay with cash, but you need to keep good records. So that, okay, yeah, this amount was paid by the government. This amount was paid by the individual. Once again, it's all about protecting you as the taxpayer with your records. Now, the expenses that you can take when renting a home are very similar actually to like a sole proprietorship. Yes, uh, you advertise. Some people advertise for their rentals, although lately, at least where I am, has need to be much advertising for rentals because most of them are full, and which is a good problem to have, but you can be advertising of course, you got insurance. You should always buy insurance on your rentals. I have surprisingly some people who do not put insurance on their rentals, but there's liabilities there. Once again, I always recommend you need to have insurance. Talk to your insurance professional. Talk to your attorney about those type of areas. Legal fees, if you have any legal fees that you need to take care of. Management fees. Now, some people will use a third-party company. I hear these advertised on the radio of these companies that will take care of your rental for you. While the fees that you pay to those companies you certainly deductible. Mortgage interest. Yes, some people have a mortgage on their rentals and the amount of that is interest. That is definitely uh, deductible. Now, there's other ways that interest can be deductible other, or other interest, especially if you like do a mortgage on your personal residence to buy uh, a rental. There's other considerations there, but to make that interest deductible as well toward the rental. General supplies that you use, which when usually when you have a rental going, there's not too much supplies, but you sometimes you got just little maintenance items you need to do and a, tr- and a good landlord will take care of these maintenance items. Also, taxes, property taxes that you pay on it, of course, deductible. And then of course, utilities that you may pay, uh, maybe while it's vacant, or maybe in some cases, some landlords will pay the utilities for the uh, for the people who are renting from them. And that just varies from case to case and it's hard to know, but, but yes, you can pay utilities. You can take those as a deduction. 
Interesting, car expenses, you can have car expenses and taking care of your rentals, which just like a sole proprietorship, I highly recommend that you keep a mileage log of the car expenses of the mileage you drive to maintain your rentals. That is mileage to and from the rental. Maybe you're going from the rental to to the local hardware store to get materials, to do some repairs. All of those items you need to just keep a mileage log. Once again, to do that, that's the best record. Now you may be able to take some gas and so on. But once again, got to be very careful with that, but always keep a mileage log. Absolutely essential to do that. Highly recommended because that's what will help you to hold up in the event of an IRS audit. An area which sometimes can cause some confusion with uh, those who own a rental is what is the repair? What is an improvement? Why is that important to know the distinction between a repair and an improvement? While repairs are a current expense and they don't have to be uh, capitalized or depreciated. That's one big reason because an, an improvement has to be capitalized or depreciated. And on a rental, it's, uh, there's some clear rules on what those are. And it's always important that the tax professional be talking to you about these ahead of time. Or if you're going to do something, even call your tax uh, professional and say, I just got a question about this. If I, I'm looking at maybe doing this in my property, is it going to be an expense or am I going to have to depreciate this over time? Most people don't think about that. And I can understand why you just think, oh, I just want to get it done. But it wouldn't hurt to be able to do that. And see, that's why I offer the services that I offer is so that people can uh, with our yearly programs, people can feel feel comfortable calling me and saying, hey, Marcelino, I'm looking at doing this on my rental. Uh, is this going to be something I'm going to have to depreciate? And it'd be nice just to be able to have some, which is a true tax professional is going to be one that's available all year around uh, to be able to answer such questions, not just uh, available at tax time, to be able to really help you, which is what we try to do, especially in this area when it comes to repairs and improvements. Now, some improvements May up, up to $2,500, you may actually be able to deduct in full, but that's going to be a case by case. Once again, have to have a discussion. Now, let's make sure that we discuss and clarify here exactly what a repair is. Now, repairs, uh, they keep the property in good condition. Uh, it does not add value to the property or prolong the life of the property. That's an actual repair, basically just keeping it up. That includes areas like repainting. Maybe you're repairing the gutters. Maybe you having to do some plastering on the walls. Maybe you have some damaged carpet in there. All of those are examples of what a repair is. And there can be so many other items in there. And certainly that's where sometimes when you're thinking about these things, being able to call and talk to a tax professional about this would be really handy to know okay, am I going to be able to expense this or am I going to have to depreciate this or take this over time? What am I going to have to do? Now, keep in mind, now, improvements, these are where sometimes uh, a person who owns a rental house will go in and do something thinking, well, this is just repair, but it's not really just a repair. And I've had these discussions with people after the fact, they think, well, I just went and repaired this, but yet it was an actual improvement. And an example I can give is like a bathroom. Is that they went in and they basically gutted out the bathroom and completely replaced the bathroom thinking, oh, this is just a repair. I completely redid the bathroom. It's just a repair. I didn't tear anything down. Well, when you redo a bathroom and perhaps go from an insert, maybe you do tile in, in the bathroom, in the bathtub, shower area, that's actually an improvement. And that's actually an area that uh, would probably have to be uh, capitalized or depreciated over time. Other, other, other ideas is like if you decide to expand the rental, like add on another room, that's also, an, that's also considered an improvement so that that room addition is going to have to be depreciated over time. A roof, roofs can really be tricky. If you go on Go on like with the same type or if you have like just regular composite shingles that you go into the roof with, 
and you're just replacing the shingles. Well, there's a possibility that that could just be considered repair because it's just essentially the same type of material. But if you take your roof, your roof and you go from like the shingles to like a metal roof, that could be considered an improvement possibly and thus have to be capitalized. You go in and you replace the furnace in the home. That is also considered a capital expense. That is an improvement, especially if you go from a furnace that was like 10 or 15 years old, that's maybe 80% efficient. You put one in that's like 90% efficient. Oh, and by the way, you didn't have uh, central air conditioning in there before and you add central air conditioning in with it. All of that could possibly come fall under an improvement and thus have to be capitalized or depreciated over time. And then of course, if you go in and you rewire the whole house, that's not just the repair, that's, that is capitalizing. Whereas if you just replace a few outlets or a few light switches, those, those would be considered probably repairs because those have to be replaced from time to time. But if you just go and replace all the wiring, definitely improvement and would have to be depreciated over time. Once again, as I mentioned, it's so important when you're thinking about any of these on a rental, it's important to really keep in mind because talking about talking to a tax professional is going to actually help you to plan some of these things out better. And by having one on your side ready to go like myself, you can be ready to definitely take care of that. Now, errors that often happen, one of the biggest one is, and I've seen with people who say, well, I'm using this do-it-yourself software and it just guided me right through the process of rentals. Well, the problem is when you do do-it-yourself software, once again, you're trusting in the software. And the software doesn't really know you personally, doesn't really know what questions to ask or additional questions to ask. It has general questions that they ask, but it doesn't really get personal with you, which is what we, which is what I do. I'll, I'll, I get get into you. I ask you questions about the home. Uh, I try to learn a little bit about you to try to understand your situation better. And then what we go in and do is look at your tax return. I've actually had tax returns that had rentals on them from a prior year or two that totally missed items such as depreciation. And the biggest one is depreciation on the home. And if a rental is done, if you've done your own tax return for years, especially say 10 years, and say in that whole 10-year period, you never took depreciation because you're required to take depreciation on the home. And if you don't do that, uh, there can be issues for you down the road. And certainly, if a person comes in with a tax return and I look at their tax return, they have a rental and there's no depreciation on that rental, I say, where's the depreciation schedule? For this home, they look at me, well, uh, I don't know what that is usually. And secondly, uh, I don't see any record of them taking that expense. Well, we've never done that. I'm like, well, guess what? We need to do that. We need to fix this. Well, and depending on how long of a period of time, I use the example of 10 years. See, there's a way to fix that as a tax professional that I have to go in and fix that so that you take all of that depreciation that you should have taken on the rental home. And we get that corrected, and then we have you doing it right moving forward so that you don't get, uh, once again, any issues down the road. So why is it important to make sure this depreciation on the home? Well, of course, it's your deduction on the home. I mean, you go pay $100,000 or $150,000 for a house, and you did not take depreciation on it as an expense, uh, that's, a pretty, that's a significant part of your expenses. Maybe you paid too much in tax in those years. You didn't take that depreciation. So that, that's a reason why also. And then this depreciation also comes into play at a later date when you go to sell the home. I had a previous program where I talked about basis. Well, depreciation on the rental home affects the what they call adjusted basis in the home at the time if you sell that rental down the road. And certainly that's why all these things are so important and why it's just so much better to use a tax professional and not just rely on software to get it right for you. So please keep these in mind. As I mentioned a little bit earlier, good records for your rentals are absolutely essential once again. 
I mean, if possible, I recommend keeping a separate account if you're going to do a rental home, a long-term rental, because once again, it's going to make it so much easier for, for you to be able to do it down the road. Once again, keeping the receipts, keeping you a log, uh, maybe using some type of accounting program or even have a tax professional help you to track this so that you can make sure you have all your expenses, all your income correctly done so that come tax time, you're just ready to go to get it done and make sure you're getting all of your deductions for your long-term rental. Now, there's some other issues on long-term rentals that we're not going to get into today, such as uh, QBI or the um, qualified uh, business deduction, which rentals can fall into that category, but there's rules that fall with that. There's also the issuing of 1099s when you're uh, that you possibly may uh, need to do, uh, even though you're renting out a home. Then, of course, there's other thoughts that come in there if you're a real estate professional. Not getting into, not getting into those areas, but those are some of the other challenges that come up when you're renting out a home. Like I say, it's a can be very very long discussion. Now, I'm going to touch now on short-term renting because this is really becoming a hot item, and with the pandemic starting to. Uh, wind down, it looks like in some sense, is that some people may be doing more short-term rentaling, again, like through Airbnb. And before I touch on that, let's touch on the tax-free way to rent your home out. It's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I can get tax-free income? Well, yes, you can. There's a way to get tax-free income. How do you do that? Well, you rent out your home for under 15 days a year. Yes, you can route your home up to 14 days a year and the income you receive off of that is tax-free. It's like, whoa, what? Yes, you can get tax-free income for renting out your home under 14 days a year. Now, the side part of that is the fact that any expenses involved are not considered a deduction or not a deductible expense. Now, why can we do this? Well, in the uh, code, tax code, uh, this has become known as the master's exclusion. Well, because each year they have the master's tournament in Augusta, Georgia, the golf course. Those who live around that golf course course, rent out their homes during the tournament. And guess what? They rent them out 14 days or less. And those individuals get tax-free income during the master's tournament for renting out their homes. So that's something you can consider to think about and get some tax-free income off of 14 days or less of renting out your home. Now, another short-term rental is looking at seven days or less that you rent out your, that you rent out a room. Usually this has to do with a room uh, or less than 30 days with substantial services. That's like having made services if you provide those type of services there. Now, vacation homes are often mixed-use homes because you often have a vacation home that you may only use a few times or a few months out of the year, but it can be real tricky. There's rules. That's one of those uh, kind of mixed-use kind of property areas that rules fall into. And if you use it more than 14 days a year or rent it more than 14 days a year and have some personal use, uh, the expenses can be a little tricky to develop and tricky to calculate, but they still can be done. But it's something just to keep in mind that, once again, whatever rent you receive during that time that you rent out a vacation home, because some people do that for extra income, which is excellent to do. Uh, the rent, once again, is considered income, but the expenses that you may have associated with that, those are then limited to the amount of rent that you receive toward it. So just keep that in mind. And other areas such as qualified interest, taxes, other operating expenses, those are all prorated according to the number of personal days that you have and also the number of uh, rental days that you have. So all of that uh, falls right into there along with that, just to be careful. And then of course, there's also depreciation calculations that fall into there that are based on square footage uh, of the home, and so on. So just, just some little areas there. I say just, just a brief discussion here that yes, you can rent out your vacation home. Uh, yes, you got income that is, well, rent that is considered income, then expenses that can be prorated that you can use. But overall, bigger discussion 
that is needed with a tax professional to be able to really do that right. Make sure you're doing it right. And as, like I say, with everything, I always, always strongly encourage you, don't try to do this on your own. Don't try to rely on do-it-yourself tax software, but call a tax professional. You say, you can call us here and we can work with you through an exploration session at 844-394-4287 and be able to help you to plan right and do it accordingly. Our next area I'm going to focus on for the last portion of the program is on renting a room out in your home. Now, a variety of people do this. There's a variety of ways that it's done. Some of these rooms have their own entrances. Sometimes these rooms have their own bathrooms. It just varies. And if you're renting one through some type of uh, app uh, on your phone or through your tablet, just keep in mind that uh, this is considered transient lodging, which basically people come in, they'll rent a room for a day or two or three or whatever, and then they move on. And there's oftentimes some, some services to provide. They'll go in and clean the room and make sure that everything's kept up. So basically, in a lot, a lot of ways, what you're doing is you're acting like a hotel, but you're doing it in your home because you're not using this room personally uh, during this time or really at all because you always have it available. So you just keep doing these little areas here now because of the way that the room or the home, this type is being used is that it's not considered rental real estate. Yes, as I mentioned earlier, uh, you can actually be considered more like a hotel or a motel, which then puts it into the line of being in business. So you have an active trade or business. Now, because you're an active trade or business coming in for tax purposes then, what does that mean? Well, normally, or a regular real estate rental is filed on what's called the Schedule E, which is for rentals. And when you use that form, you're not subject to self-employment tax. But when you have a, a business such as renting through Airbnb or other applications, doing something in an area that falls under transient lodging, then it's basically considered and considered the same as a hotel room. Guess what? Active trader business thus can, well, subject to self-employment tax, which means where do you file? Well, that, that is then filed onto a Schedule C. Now, I certainly don't encourage ones, once again, to try to do this on their own just because I told you the form because there's so many uh, other matters that come in there, other areas you may miss that you may be once again relying on software to get for you, but they don't always soft software doesn't get doesn't get you there. Now these are subject to once again self-employment tax. And I touched on this a little bit before about self-employment tax. Keep in mind self-employment tax is social security and Medicare tax, considering both what the employer would normally pay and also the portion that you as an employee would pay from your employer the amounts that are held out of your check. That uh, When you get that, it always says, oh my goodness, I hold out all these taxes. Well, essentially, you take that number and that's how they come up with self-employment tax. Also, if you've been you doing this for a while throughout the year, uh, especially this year, because of some rule changes that were made, there's going to be issued out to a lot more people this year especially if you've been in like these businesses or doing other online sales, every lot, a lot more people are going to get a 1099K. And a lot of people, and if you're doing these type of uh, rentals, you're going to be like a 1099K or you're going to get it at the beginning of the year and go, what in the world is this? Well, guess what? Because of the law change, they have to issue this out to everybody who does more than $600. It used to be 20000 but now it was put down to $600, and that was, uh, I believe, part of the American Rescue Plan is where they had that worked in, where they snuck that in there so that more people are going to get these forms. So what does that mean? Well, what that means is that you, just have, you have another form there, which hopefully that 1099K will work with your records of what your receipts were that you received uh, for the renting out of your room. Now, don't, don't panic too much once again, but you need to include the 1099K with your taxes. Now, what does this come back and mean? Well, once again, if you're in an active trader business, 
Not only do you have the income, but once again, you have expenses. So we need to make sure you claim the income, but expenses. So this include advertising, uh, cleaning supplies, uh, bedding, uh, room furnishings. Maybe you're doing special things in the room. Uh, maybe you're supplied a, a fridge for the room or little chocolates on the pillow, uh, laundering of, the, of course, laundering of the bedding and those kind of areas, things that you do and you supply all the expenses associated with that, you would be able to take uh, to offset that income coming in and then reduce your self-employment tax on it. And then, of course, those are all direct expenses. And then what comes into play as well for you then are various indirect expenses there. Yes, uh, you have a room there and probably that room probably doesn't have separate water hookups or probably maybe not separate cable hookups, maybe not separate utility hookups. But there are calculations that can be done so you can prorate all of these indirect expenses as well as be able to take those once again to be able to reduce your self-employment tax. So just uh, some good reminders for you in regards to if you're renting out a room or doing a short-term basis, keeping in mind that it's not free money. No, you got to be able to make sure that you're calculating all of your expenses appropriately and accurately, just as you always do. And once again, record keeping is essential. You're operating one of these, anytime you're doing something, my personal recommendation is to always, always have a separate bank account you're using to make expense tracking a whole lot simpler and a whole lot easier for you. And certainly, each of these areas that we've considered through here today, whether you're looking at a long-term rental, perhaps renting out a home uh, on a long-term basis, that is certainly an area that you need to just be very careful on, plan ahead. If you're thinking about it, once again, as I say, talk to a tax professional, give me a call, take our exploration session, come to learn about us because then we can help you to make good choices and be able to help you to direct you the way to go with your long-term rental, as well as understand exactly what you can deduct. What is deductible? What's not deductible? Help to understand the differences between improvements and repairs. There's so many areas that you need to really take into consideration there. Now, uh, one of the areas here that uh, I'm going to mention on here is to have a little bit of time on the long-term rentals there, there is a provision in the tax code uh, called the qualified business deduction or make it like a qualified business. Now, this is basically would then allow you to take profit from the long-term rental uh, and then perhaps take a, up to a 20% deduction onto that through, through it's called the QBI deduction there, qualified business income deduction. You might be able to take, take, take that deduction now. There is an election you have to make on the form now. One of the challenges that comes up when you do this, though, is that if you're going to do this because it's like you're trying to treat it like a business but not pay self-employment taxes, that it could end up being a very good recommendation, at least I would recommend that you issue out 1099s to any individuals to whom you paid $600 or more. And once again, another one of those areas for good uh, personal uh, protection for you as a taxpayer, as my client. And that's definitely an area that I would recommend that you pay close, close attention to. Now, as we work on here and in sharing this information, as my consideration is as I go through all of these programs and visit with you and enjoy sharing this information with you, it's so important just to keep in mind that whether you're looking at renting homes, like I've talked about the vast majority of this program today, or you're looking at starting a business, uh, or if you're in business and you're looking at making some moves, do you have someone that you can just pick up and talk to, consult with before you make major uh, financial decisions to check on the tax ramifications? I call and say, hey, how is this going to affect my taxes? Because so often when I talk to people, it's after the fact, and this is what I'm really trying to help you to avoid and listening to this program is recognizing the importance of talking to your tax professional ahead of time. Because whether you're looking to rent out a home or conducting business, or if you're considering taking money out of your retirement plan, uh, thinking, oh, wow, I'm leaving an employer. I just want to cash this out. My recommendation is 
One, especially a retirement plan, don't do it. At least don't do it right away. Uh, don't be in a hurry. Find a tax professional to talk to about it. Look, learn what your options are. If you're starting a business, what type of business should you be in? What is the best business entity for you to start up with? Or if you've been in business for a while, are you? do you need to make adjustments? Because people, even through this time, there's some difficult times for, for many, and we definitely see that. But there are still some people that are doing very well. There are some wonderful entrepreneurs. But one of the biggest areas where a lot of entrepreneurs fail is in tax planning, is that they get up, they do their business, but yet they don't think they need the importance of having a tax professional helping to calculate out these areas, helping them to be successful. But then until they get the tax, it's like, oh, well, wait a minute, I thought this was deductible. I thought this was deductible because they read this blog or they read that blog. Uh, or they heard this on the radio, or their friend told them this, or whatever. And those are just what, that's not good. You need to sit down and find someone, basically, a tax professional like myself, an enrolled agent, or a CPA that can really just sit down, take the time, and not just bring in that box at the end of the year and say, hey, here's my stuff, do it. No, that should be done on a, it should be basically calculated on a regular basis so that you know where you are, you know where you stand, and you get it all done. That's really what it comes down to. So uh, that's why I'm here. That's why I do this program is to help you to see that, understand that a tax professional is really going to help you to succeed down the road in not only minimizing your taxes, but also a tax professional can help you to uh, be able to recognize and see where you can make improvements. Maybe you need uh, certain uh, withholding adjustments as well in your ta- in your uh, in your area. Well, if you're just if you're employed, and maybe you have uh, uh, one spouse that's running their own business, which we encounter that a lot. Uh, you have a W two employee in one, and you have a person trying to run their own business on the second hand here, and they're both doing uh, a good job. But yet, you need a little bit more planning. Well, sometimes the one who's working a W-2 job can have a little bit more withholding to be able to help them to do what they need to do so that the overall financial picture of the uh, family can be better. Or maybe the one who's self-employed needs some good planning to be able to make some estimated payments so that once again, come tax time, you're not going, oh, what happened to my refund? Or you're going, oh my goodness, I owe whatever, two or $3,000 or $10,000. Well, why do I owe that? Well, plan, good planning throughout the year is going to be absolutely essential. And some of that could be estimated payments having to make, which is why a year-round approach and being available, which is why I feel this is so important, and which is why I always encourage ones, go visit my website, cashtracksfinancial.com, and Give me a call. Email me. Let's get together. Let's have a virtual meeting because I know many people are concerned about visiting in person, which certainly understand that. That's why I got virtual meetings now available for all clients who would like to have one. We can sit down. We can discuss. We can, we can share documents through, a, through the web portal so that you can get your documents, your IDs, whatever I need to be able to properly help you out. We can set up uh, cloud-based accounting software so that you can easily be able to enter in your information or be able to track your uh, check-in account and I can follow right along with you and be able to update it and keep you updated, provide you with the monthly statements that you need to be able to make those decisions and then sit down and look with you and go, you know, if you adjust uh, maybe this expense a little bit or if you're thinking about this purchase, this is what we can do or this is what you can do or will buying this equipment help me out at the end of the year? These are all things that we should be looking at throughout the year so that, again, you can be doing your absolute best paying taxes, paying the tax that you should pay, but not paying any more. Then, of course, being able to take that and also look at you as an individual. Can we help you to set a little bit aside for retirement? We have those options available, too, so that you're taking advantage of tax rules now to reduce your taxes, as well as saving up for a later date to be able to do, well, to have more financial freedom later on and not just rely upon social security. So yes, all of these are areas 
that is so important for you to consider. Now, if you're worried about uh, certain things with the IRS, well, guess what? IRS does allow electronic signatures now, and we have that option available. And we do that through a knowledge uh, through a knowledge based uh, assessment, which basically any information, especially when we're looking for an electronic signature, it has to be well. You have to verify who you are. And thus, with a secure portal, you can get your tax documents very easily. You can upload them, your prepared tax return. You can sign your tax return. We can do it all, not even being to the office. So certainly you are a lot of flexibility here. And my goal is always to inform and to educate. Yes, some of these areas that I've gone into, like I've talked about with rentals today, I could have gone a little bit deeper. I really could have. But I try to just keep it as simple as possible for you, just so you you see as a taxpayer that it is, you know, I need to consider seeing a tax professional on this because there's a lot, I'll tell you what, there's a lot of detail, a lot of uh, information that can be very, very complicated. And as a tax professional and working with you as a taxpayer, I really want to make that as simple as possible because communication is my goal, which is why I do this program, which is why I like talking to you as the taxpayer. So yes, please keep Cash Tracks Financial and Marcelino Dodge enrolled agent in mind. Give us a call, 844-394-4287. You can always email me at success at cashtracksfinancial.com. And again, visit our brand new, our beautifully designed website. It's www.cashtracksfinancial.com. And we can definitely help you to make tax time less taxing. I thank you all for tuning into this program today. This is Marcelino Dodge, enrolled agent on the Tax Answers Advisor on the Voice America Business Channel. Thank you for listening to the Tax Answers Advisor with host Marcelino Dodge. We'll be back again next Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll have more to share next week.